The Justin Herbert haters are still out there even after the most prolific start by any quarterback in NFL history. There are still some that don't think he is a top 10 quarterback in the league because we're still doing the QBs are a win stat. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen and to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel or follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And I find myself back here defending more slander for the Chargers stars last time it was Derwin James when we did the defensive side of things and I generally like how these lists play out when you're asking and anonymously asking executives and coaches and players from around the league about some of these guys Justin Herbert comes in seventh and while I think that's also wrong there are still people out there who did not have him in the top 10 even after what he was able to do last season be really being one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL and I might not be as fired up about that as I am about Austin Eckler somehow not getting into the top 10 running backs. And I'm going to pick like six dudes you could have taken out to put Austin Eckler in there with his 20 touchdowns. It was egregious. The fact that he's not getting the respect he deserves after the outstanding prolific season that he just put together. But there is good parts of today's show, like Corey Lindsley making out of the top 10 of the interior offensive lineman list. Finally, he was honorable mention last year as a first team all pro center somehow. But we'll also get into a little bit of Zion Johnson, because I think you take Zion Johnson with the pick that you did, expecting him to be a player that ends up on a list like that. But David, Justin Herbert, it's the hate's gone too far. I don't know what it is, but on this list from Jeremy Fowler, having him you know, come in on some executives or coaches or players list as anything outside of the top 10 is ridiculous. As it is, he comes in seventh. The highest he ranks was five, but like, what are we doing with outside of the top 10? I know all this stuff is arbitrary, but are you kidding me? Like, there's just no world in which you can convince me of that. There's absolutely no way that you can look me in my eyes and tell me that Justin Herbert is not a top 10 quarterback in this league. I don't understand what you're thinking. I don't know what how you're processing information, but it is wrong. <laughs> it's flat wrong. Justin Herbert was unbelievable last season. It just it's ridiculous there's no way that he should not be in the top 10 of every single list that he is on because he is that damn good. Yeah, I mean, and it is a little bit polarizing him as a player. That is, I mean, there sure. was a quote in there, you know, when you hear when you're that talented physically and you're smart, it's mind boggling, adding his strength power. He's hard to tackle all of that. And he sees things for another season. He'll have a better understanding, understanding. And there's also something from Jeremy Fowler where they're saying, You'll become less and less surprised as the game goes after through a 61 yard touchdown to Jalen Guyton in the air. He'll be the best QB in the game. So it is at least partially in this. Okay. He's not yeah. there yet, but I think right. how the list plays out, I think is especially triggering for chargers fans in particular, because it's Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady. I don't think okay. anyone has Got a problem it. with yeah. any of those dudes being ranked above Justin Herbert. And no, you know, seven is really, really good too. With these yeah, games. it is. 
But it's the five Joe Burrow and the six Matthew Stafford part that's obviously getting buoyed by Super Bowl runs by both of those dudes, right? And that's not easy to do. And then also, I mean, there's plenty of reasons why teams get to the Super Bowl and we'll get to the winning part of things here. But like, not only do I think top 10 or not being in the top 10 is just egregious. I mean, you're not going to find a lot of sevens in what Justin Herbert's been able to do so far. Just last season, everything he did through two seasons is great. All the records he has is great. But like, don't overlook the fact that not only has he been the best through two seasons out of anyone who's played their first full two seasons, he was just one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL last year by any metric that you look at. EPA first, QBR third, passing yards second, passing touchdowns third, yards per game second, turnover worthy throws. He had the lowest percentage in the entire NFL and got extremely unlucky with the 15 interceptions. Fourth quarter touchdowns first, game winning drives third, comebacks in the fourth quarter second. Like, don't bring me anything else. Like, there's a great argument that he's way closer to top five than he is even to seven. And also, he had to overcome one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year. That was 29th in points allowed. So he had to repeatedly put the team on his back and try to win football games. And that's a lot to ask. This year, he's going to have a much better defense, so he's probably not going to be in those situations as often as he was. But (laughs) also, Justin Herbert was a a guy that you could clearly see growth from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Justin Herbert was a guy that did not make mistakes and repeat them. He learned from those mistakes, and he got better throughout the season. He's still incredibly young and super, super talented. He has the best supporting cast around him now. He has an incredible offensive line a just laundry list of fantastic weapons to throw the football to and to get the football to Justin Herbert is going to have the best year of his career. And I think he is primed and ready to realize a potential MVP season. Yeah. I mean, he had those borderline numbers last year, right? Over 5,000 passing yards. He had more touchdowns than almost every single person on that list outside of Tom Brady, 40 plus Matthew Stafford. And I mean, it's just, he, was about as good as it gets and it's just hard to see something like this in a list get made like this to not think that there aren't some people still holding on to very very wrong pre-draft biases about this dude because ever since he stepped on the field it's just so hard for me to see an argument that he hasn't just straight up been one of the best quarterbacks especially last season even with the interceptions okay Matthew Stafford had more interceptions and led the league in pick sixes and was ahead of him had an interception drop that probably doesn't get them to a Super Bowl but we're not here to talk about that everything else Justin Herbert was already better at except for passing touchdowns every other thing you look at you're going to find Justin Herbert atop that list and I'm glad you brought that up David as far as the defense goes because one of the things that definitely stuck in my cry after reading this list is Winning helps in the voting, which explains Herbert's standing. The two quarterbacks ahead of him are coming off Super Bowls, while Herbert's Chargers fell short of the playoffs. What are we talking about? We are so far past QB wins being a stat, and it's just like, yeah, you want to talk about defense? Let's talk about historic defenses for all the quarterbacks pretty much that are ahead of him on this list. I love this stat from Scott Kazmar. Percentage of starts where your team allowed 27-plus points defensively. Justin Herbert, his team has allowed 27 points. His defense has... 59.4% of his starts. The next closest person on this list is Patrick Mahomes, who's had bad defenses. Only 39% of the starts that he's had, his defense has given up 27 points, right? Drew Brees, 39%. Aaron Rodgers, 32%. Justin Herbert's at 59% that he's having to do this stuff. Mac Jones, 29%. Phillip Rivers, who had some bad defenses, 30.6% of the time, his defense gave up 27 points. Justin Herbert is triple that. 
right? Yeah. He's, 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 he's double that and he's triple some of the guys that are on this list. So, I mean, it's just so dumb that we're still doing the QB wins or a stat thing when it's like, okay, well, he had game winning drives. He had fourth quarter comebacks. He had fourth quarter touchdowns. How are you putting those losses on him? Uh, oh, by the way, how many players are on a football team, Daniel? 11. 50, 53 well, I mean, and, and 11 on, on offense? Of yeah, I mean. Come on now. He's, he doesn't play the game by himself. Yes, he is probably playing the most important position on the football field, but he doesn't do it alone. He doesn't throw the ball to himself. Like, come on. Like, th- this is unbelievable that we're still talking about this wins are a QB stat BS. I just, I don't understand it. Look at that last game against the Raiders and tell me that the reason they lost is because of Justin Herbert and what. Or the did. reasons they didn't make the playoffs. It is the most asinine thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my really entire mind. life. Justin Herbert went crazy in that game, and the Chargers lost in spite of that performance. It was a revelation. He did absolutely everything he could. He put on Superman's cape, and unfortunately, the defense let him down. It wasn't enough. And but it wasn't because of Justin back. Herbert. Yeah, put the team on his back while still also not jeopardizing all these games with the least turnover-worthy throws in the entire NFL percentage-wise last year. So, like, to be able to do that, to be able to be your team's sole offensive, you know, generator, right? Yes, he had a better offensive line. He has crazy skill position players. So do a ton of other quarterbacks, right? It doesn't help when you have to do it because he led the offense that had the second most points per drive last season with him at the helm of it. And that team still only finished one game above 500 and missed the playoffs. It wasn't good enough, of course, but to put that on Justin Herbert is just asinine. And I'm glad that we had today, at least for me to come on and yell about it. And I somehow, <laughs> I don't even think that that's as big of a, a slight as they gave Austin Eckler, who comes in as an honorable mention for the running backs after a 20 touchdown season. But Ugh. I do think, I mean, at least as far as Justin Herbert, it's going to be incredibly incredibly tough to keep him off of the top five of this list next year i'll be stunned if he doesn't make his way into much much better category into this top quarterbacks in the nfl list but everyone has been in those tough times and when you guys are in a tough time there's one place that you need to go and it's to get the dave app right level with me we've all been in that situation at some point in our lives everything's a little tight maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons of gas in your tank maybe you don't know where you're going to buy that wedding gift that's where dave comes in dave is a banking app that can help you get up to 500 instantly with extra cash and i know especially with a wedding coming up in less than two weeks for me i've been in a couple of those situations but it's not just that it's more money to fill your tank you can buy a wedding gift you can catch up on the bills and then stop having those add up with the late fees and things like that you can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any of the hangups. There's no interest involved. There's no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief that they need with the extra cash feature. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, download the Dave app. Make sure you guys get that from the app store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. All right. Well, I got the Justin Herbert part of it off my chest, you know, and I'm sure I'll have some Rams fans or some Joe Burrow fans. And I love, I mean, I think both of those dudes are great, but I just, to me, Justin Herbert deserves to be a top five quarterback based on what he's done the first two seasons, but specifically what he did last season. He's just that dude now. And it's that easy. And who another guy who's that dude, Austin Eckler. And we were going back and forth earlier in the week, David, whether or not we thought Austin Eckler would make a list like this. I wasn't positive he was going to, but somehow became way more outraged than I thought I would be after actually seeing it and seeing some of the dudes 
that were ahead of him. He does not make the list. And the list instead is Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, one, two, three, four, Dalvin Cook, five, Alvin Kamara, six, Joe Mixon, seven, Christian McCaffrey, eight, Najee Harris, nine, Aaron Jones, and 10, Javante Williams. All good running backs, right? But this isn't good. This is the best of the best. This is top 10. Yeah. And you're going to have a really, really hard time for anyone to explain to me how Austin Eckler doesn't get onto this list this season after the year he just had. 20 total touchdowns, 12 on the ground, eight through the air. He was ridiculous. He was a absolute offensive weapon. And I think that's the reason why he gets the disrespect, Daniel. They don't recognize his value at the running back position. He is the best pass catching running back in the game. He will get you just get you crazy yards in whatever situation. It doesn't matter. The ball when the ball is in his hands, he is a ridiculous playmaker. He has two seasons of 1500 plus all purpose yards. When he has the football in his hands, he makes things happen. That's just it straight up. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the part about this, like, I mean, with Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, I mean, yeah, there's arguments those dudes do good things too. But like on this list, I mean, there's several guys where I can go to and just be like, that dude's either on this list too early or he shouldn't still be on this list. And Austin yeah. Eckler should be in on one of those spots, right? I mean, Derrick Henry, I'm not going to argue with that. And Jonathan Taylor, I'm not going to argue with that. But like no. either you're basing someone based off their body of work or you're basing them just off what you did last season. And the thing that's hard for me is the contradiction in this list because it's yeah. like you have Christian McCaffrey who's only played 10 games over the last two seasons coming in at seventh on this list and still being in the top 10 somehow. Yeah, you're giving two rookies letting two rookies make the list after one season when Austin Eckler had better season than both of the rookies that made this. He had a better season than Najee Harris did, who's just basically a ton of volume last year and yes. obviously was behind a bad offensive line. And Javante Williams, who I think is great for the, the Broncos, but like still, he still hasn't had a better season than Austin Eckler yet. And I think he's on the year, this list a year probably too premature for me. Because well, when you look at the numbers, David, it just, he had a full blown better season than most of these players. Well, and the funniest thing to me, especially when it it comes to Javante Williams, this is an excerpt from this list here. Eckler is probably the better all-around player right now, and many voters agree. Then why isn't he on the list? Like, he's clearly better than Javante Williams is. I mean, at this point right now, if we're talking player for player, Austin Eckler is the better player. He has better numbers, and he has done it. Obviously, more consistently, but you you know, Javante Williams has only been in the league for one year. But also, Najee Harris had three hundred carries last year, three hundred carries, and he averaged less than four yards a carry. Austin Eckler had a nine hundred plus rushing yards with only two hundred carries. That he's way more efficient with his touches than Najee Harris was. Austin Eckler is a better player than both of those guys, and it's egregious that he is not on this list, and they are. And the thing is, is like you can tell it's them trying to stick up for the traditional running back measures of just rushing yards, which I just yeah. think is so dumb because that's such a bad metric just to, because you don't know how many carries. You don't know how everything was blocked. There's no efficiency part of that. You have no idea. You could have 800 carries for 900 yards, but like yeah. is that 900 yards supposed to be great? Like it, it's just dumb to me the way that they're doing the measurements because, yes, I mean, I think he's just getting considered as like a scat back as like a pass catching back like a James White or something like that when he couldn't be further from that because he has success in the between the tackles. If you just want to go with yards per carry, right, the most traditional running back efficiency stat, he had better or the same yards per carry than Derrick Henry. 
Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Javante Williams, and Alvin Kamara. If you just want to go with rushing touchdowns, right, which is one of the most valuable things a running back can do. He had more rushing touchdowns than Nick Chubb, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, and Javante Williams. All those dudes, he had more rushing touchdowns. That's pretty much everyone on the list. (laughs) Exactly, right? So, no matter where you're looking, I mean, even if you're looking at just rushing yards, he still had more rushing yards than Alvin Kamara, more rushing yards than Javante Williams, more rushing yards than Aaron Jones. And Derrick Henry still somehow beat him in the like eight games that he played. But it like it just it, <laughs> something doesn't add up to me. Like, and when, when you're saying those things, and I'm going, it, whether you're trying to characterize him as a receiving back or just a regular old school running back, like he can do it either way. And he showed that last season. Well, and most teams have multiple running backs for those different roles. Austin Eckler can do both of those roles equally as proficiently. He runs in between the tackles, and also he's 195 pounds, 190 pounds, running between the tackles, still gaining 4.4 yards per carry, and he's an absolute menace in the open field. He's hard to tackle because he's low to the ground, and he's just a physical freak. He has phenomenal hands. like He has wide receiver hands. He's made ridiculous catches i mean one of the catches he made against the cowboys where he had it up against his ear and he got absolutely smashed after that catch and still held on to it it just goes to show you the type of football player he is and not only that but he's a leader as well the you know they don't they don't talk about that part of the game you don't really see a lot of leaders from the running back position but he absolutely is he leads by example and this guy's an absolute pit bull he earned his spot on this roster coming from an undrafted free agent He went from undrafted free agent to one of the best running backs in the league, scoring 20 touchdowns. The last player since LT to do that for the Chargers. Yeah, and I mean, he tied Jonathan Taylor for the most touchdowns in the entire NFL. Jonathan Taylor comes in at second. The whole league. And he played one less game than Jonathan Taylor did. He only played 16 games. So, like, it's just... I think the upsetting thing to me, because it's like, obviously, we can laugh about the fact that it's a top 10 list and like we're getting upset about it because it's so (laughs) stupid. But at the same time, it's like if they're not going to give it to him this year when he's literally proving everything they probably preconceived notions wise had against him, like then when are they going to give it to him? Right. Because there's going to be a new younger batch of running backs. It's just like, what are we basing off? If we're basing it off of what they did in 2021, which I have to believe because you have two rookies on the list. Yeah, you can't tell me 10 running backs had a better 2021 than Austin Eckler. You just can't because they didn't. The dude was a rock star last season, right? Literally and figuratively off the field. He has just as big of a persona as he has talent on the field. I mean, the dude, obviously, hey, if you want to get defended like this, be another Chargers player that comes on the Locked on Chargers podcast because he's the only one so far. And this is the kind (laughs) of defense that you get. That's right. No, But like he just he's such a good player. And I think he's just so criminally disrespected just as a pure runner. That's the part that bugs me the most. Yeah, I mean, if you're just putting it as far as like hand the ball off and let somebody make something happen, I mean, yeah, creativity-wise, breaking tackles, stuff like that, he's but still up there. But that's not the type guys. of running back you see in the NFL well, And it's not it's the not. only thing that you're looking for from a running back. Give me the dude yeah. that scores 20 touchdowns. Give me the dude who, when you get into the red zone, there's not many better weapons than Austin Eckler. When it doesn't work pounding it up the middle, he's still a guy that can get into the end zone. And there's just been so many times where it is a dump off to him, where he does have to create for himself, and he just has somehow gotten into the end zone, taking a big hit, making dudes miss, outrunning angles of linebackers. Like, the dude just does it all. And he can protect his quarterback by stonewalling people in pass protection as well. For the guy his size, he absolutely smashes people. He does not let people get close to Justin Herbert. Another underrated thing that Austin Eckler does. He just does everything very, very well. 
hundred percent. I mean, he absolutely deserved to be on this list, and it's annoying that he doesn't get on with the season that he just had. But I am definitely happy for one of his offensive linemen, though, Corey Lindsley, who's the first offensive lineman to make it for the Chargers onto one of these lists. And I swear to God, if Rashawn Slater doesn't come in the top 10 of tackles, like I might have to burn ESPN <laughs> to the ground. But I do want to celebrate how good the Chargers' new center and one of the highest paid centers in the league has been for the Chargers. And also talk a little bit about Zion Johnson. And maybe he has a list like this coming in his future coming up right after this. All right, David. Well, <laughs> the fireworks are out of the way. And I think it's time to be a little bit more happy than it is to yell about the rankings of where Corey Lindsley comes up on this list, <laughs> even though he's the third ranked center. And I, I don't agree with that, but no. Corey Lindsley makes it as number the 10th best interior offensive lineman, according to anonymous executives and coaches and players from around the league and props to Corey Lindsley. And honestly, a round of applause for him finally getting recognized because even after a first team, all pro not in 2020, he didn't make it on the 2021 list. So after the 2021 season, he makes his way onto the list as the third center. And I mean, I think Ryan Jensen coming in at six is a little frustrating just because I think pass efficiency wise blocking, he's not like not in the top 20 centers and he's not in the top like 20 centers of run blocking efficiency either, but he is super mean. And I do love it. I love a good mean offensive lineman, but yeah, I'm not going to sit here and just rip this entire list because Corey Lindsley comes in at number 10, because it's a hard list. Dave, you're talking about all the interior offensive line in the entire league, right? So only three centers even make this list. It's seven guards and there's left guards, right guards, right? That's a lot of different guys to choose from, but I did love Corey Lindsley finally getting some flowers on this. Yes, as he should, because Corey Lindsley was phenomenal for the Chargers last year. Very much a steadying force for Justin Herbert, a guy who was able to call out the protections and be able to take some of that off of Justin Herbert's plate. And a guy that's just a pure technician, a guy that was not never the biggest guy. He's not the biggest center, but you're still not getting close to his quarterback. He didn't give up any sacks last year at all. He was absolutely rock solid, just a phenomenal player. Also a great run blocker uh, as well. A guy they knew they could run behind. He was fantastic. I mean, he only had six penalties all the entirety of all of last season. This guy, like I said, just one of the purest technicians and a guy that really anchored a much, much better offensive line for the Chargers last year. Yeah, I mean, he was the J.C. Jackson of the 2021 free agency frenzy, yes. right? He was the big ticket item that the, the big Chargers fish. made sure that they went out and got. They made him the highest paid center in the league. And one year into that, you have to be ecstatic with the returns that you've gotten on that investment. I mean, big time. Corey Lindsley, from a cerebral standpoint, obviously got to work with Aaron Rodgers and held together one of the best offensive lines in the league when his time in Green Bay. And that was reflected in the comments during this or in this list here and one of the things that was said about him was i think for what they do he's the best center because he's so smart and instinctive that he makes life easier for herbert he might not be able to overpower like other guards and centers but his technique is top notch you're going to play a clean game with him offensively and three false starts is what the chargers had last year and david to think about that compared to how dysfunctional that offensive line in this offense was in the final season of Anthony Lynn. Like I think it makes it really, really easy to see how important this dude was to the chargers last season and being a part of a left side. That was one of the better trios of offensive linemen in the league. I just love that he, he was able to work with a future hall of fame quarterback 
in Aaron Rodgers and you take all that experience that he learned uh, just working with him and bringing that over to another incredibly talented superstar quarterback in Justin Herbert. So, man, what I think he did more for the line, though. I mean, obviously, he's not showing Justin Herbert how to drop back and say Aaron Rodgers did it like this. But like, right. They took a dude who was from a a high quality offensive line and knew Mm -hmm. how to play that and brought it into her offensive line where they had literally five different dudes and who they had the year before. And I think him being that kind of coach on the field definitely helped bring that together. He was a calming presence. He was a calming presence for sure. He, you know, he brought that attitude and that experience to an offensive line that had a good mix of experience and rookies. So just a very calming, steadying force that allowed Justin Herbert to go back there and be surgical and be a fantastic one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And a lot of quarterback of that was because of the great work of Corey Lindsley. Yeah, and I think he's the guy that it makes it, – it's like they're looking for a certain thing, right? They want a glass yeah. eater. They want a dude that's going to, you know, be able to talk smack and be able to back it up by overpowering and blowing dudes off the line of scrimmage, which is why he is an honorable mention in 2021, which was blasphemy then. I'm yes. glad he gets the credit as, you know, just a straight-up technician and a guy who is going to – I mean, one thing you do learn with your, when you're with Aaron Rodgers is him – pre-snap diagnosing all the things that are happening yes. defensively right and for him to be able to point all of those things out to find the blitzers and to get guys lined up and help help justin herbert with his checks and balances before yeah, the only center the that has has his back to the huddle and looking at looking at the defense like that's fantastic you just don't 100 and i mean his wife's great too he's also just a oh, super she's cool awesome dude his kids are cute as heck running around yes. the field and stuff it's it, he's a hard guy to root against and it's also nice you know that he goes out there and is just straight up one of the best centers in the entire week and just a great investment by tom telesco one year in i mean it's just hard to to think about a dude who is more important to the chargers offensive turn one of the best free year. agent signings the chargers have ever had 100 percent. i mean at least in the telesco era i mean anything you know before that it gets you're, you're talking about a long time ago but yeah <laughs> i mean up there with casey hayward right and, and some of these other dudes that tom telesco's been able to bring in the best yeah. i would say easily the best big ticket guy right because yes there was the russell okungs and the orlando franklins and like the other big contracts they had given out Derek cox don't get me started but yeah. Corey Lindsley deserves a ton of credit. And the thing is, that's great, is the Chargers offensive line should be better in 2022 yes. with the infusion of Zion Johnson. With I no matter what happens at right tackle, I still think it's going to be improved because I don't think Storm Norton wins the job if he's the same guy that he was last year. So you're going to get improvement there. If he wins Agreed. the job, I'd have to think. And Trey Pipkins, the way he played last year, was far better than we'd ever I'm seen from him. And far better than what Storm Norton did. So if he can somehow sustain that or even slightly less than that for an entire season, you'd be ecstatic. Sign but me up right now. Zion Johnson, I think, is the, the main thing there. You spend that pick on that premium player on the inside, and you're hoping that he's going to give you four offensive linemen at the very least that you feel very, very good about. And we'll see how some of that depth shakes out between Jamari Sawyer and Brandon Hymas. I mean, they're building something on that offensive line that's fun to watch considering how you know bad it was for so so long cannot be understated but zion johnson i think you take someone with the 17th overall pick you take a position like that that's undervalued or valued less in the nfl with those interior offensive line positions not thinking okay hey this guy you know is going to be someone who maybe helps us out the next three or four years and gets a spy like you're using that pick on somebody you think is going to be a pro bowl level player at that position and with zion johnson even before taking a snap, I'm so excited to see what he does in training camp. But that dude was as good as it gets at the collegiate level. 
Well, and I'm glad that you said that because there's certain players that you evaluate in the draft process and you say, I wonder if their game is going to translate to the NFL. I never had any questions about whether Zion Johnson's game was going to translate to the NFL. He looked like he had the mean streak. He had the strength. He had the technical acumen. He had the position flexibility. He played multiple positions on the line. He had the want to, and he was a fantastic pass protector as well. Very, very smart as well. Another fan, you know, just incredibly intelligent offensive lineman to add to a a guy that went to Northwestern on the line. So they got some Hmm. great youth and great experience, and he's going to be playing next to one of the best centers in the game that should be able to help him as he is starting his NFL career. But by all accounts, if what we saw in college translates to the NFL, I think it won't be long before we see Zion Johnson on a list just like this. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, this is a very, very tough list to make. Only seven guards did make this list. Can he be a top seven guard in the NFL? I think he has that kind of potential. I mean, I'm going to slow down because, I mean, we still haven't seen it yet, right? I think he has all the tools to do it at the next level. But, like, all I'm saying is, like, you don't take that pick unless you're confident he can become that kind of a player. And there's nothing I have seen that would make me just be like, no. I mean, that's just wishful thinking. Like, the dude was the best interior offensive lineman in this entire draft and, uh, among the guys I saw. And we had the Chargers picking an offensive lineman early. So we watched a lot of dudes. There's not one I would have wanted to take over Zion Johnson because I think that's just how queen of a prospect he was because he is the total package as far as things you're looking for from an offensive lineman coming from a place that has a pedigree of sending in good offensive linemen. Just such a safe pick. Yeah, and I just think that it's also just still signifying a, a major difference in culture from what the chargers faced so long when they had one of the worst offensive lines in the league so like just to the shift away from that and the shift into spending back-to-back first round picks on offensive linemen to me as a huge justin herbert supporter i am in full agreement with tom telesco to do that and it's nice to see that it's changing especially with brandon staley you can't you know you can't have that conversation without bringing up the difference it's been with him taking over as head coach far amen far above what you would just necessarily attribute to coaches because we've seen the draft strategy the free agency strategy like we have seen that change and do a complete 180 from it's what clear we have seen that prior his to fingerprints that. are all over those moves a hundred percent but that is going to wrap things up for today's show thank you guys for checking it out make sure you guys are staying tuned because they have the locked on nfl's most valuable players in the nfl that's going to be coming out july 18th something that They have worked, a lot of people have worked very, very hard on getting their top 50 most valuable players, the 50 players who move the needle the most. So make sure you guys are checking that out on July 18th to see who we think are the most valuable players. You will hear a little bit from the Locked on Chargers podcast on that show as well. I think you will like where one player comes in on that list. That's all I'm saying. That's all you get from me. But to make sure you guys never miss this show, and thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today, go subscribe to the Locked Art Chargers YouTube channel and follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. We did get a great review the other day. Make sure you guys are rating and reviewing if you love the show as well. We really appreciate that, and it definitely keeps us going. And training camp is right around the corner, guys, but so is Female Fridays. If you guys have any training camp questions or general Chargers questions, we will put a post out at LockedOnLAC, the show's Twitter account. You can also hit me up at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open at DroTalkSD. You can put it in the YouTube comments. You can put it in the Instagram comments, wherever you want. You can find the place to put your questions or you can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924. But this is the last week of three shows a week and we will be getting into Fan Mail Friday on Friday. So make sure you guys get your questions in there back here for that. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.